the programs that we build, the jobs that we do, the houses that we decorate, the Amazon products that we buy, they will all pass away. But people are eternal. So are you giving yourself and investing in things that are eternal? That means investing in people. Welcome to Be One Make One, a discipleship podcast. This is a show where we share stories and tools to equip everyday followers of Jesus to make disciples. On every episode, I have a conversation with someone whose life reflects Jesus' command to go and make disciples. Early in my faith, I asked the question of why the two greatest commandments are the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Someone explained it to me like this. Only two things last forever, the Word of God and people's souls. And that's something Tammy and I talk about today. Tammy, thanks for being with us today. Sure, Ethan. Something I appreciate about you, Tammy, is you kind of have this strategic kind of developmental way of thinking. And I think a question I think about sometimes is, why would Jesus choose discipleship as the way to advance his kingdom? Mm-hmm. I think in some ways, I think it's kind of inefficient. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. I, I I don't know why you would choose the word inefficient. I look at okay. it and I think it is a very effective way. Maybe it's in how you define efficiency. Sure. But I think Jesus was thinking for the long term, Okay. not just short term results. If he was looking to build a kingdom in the three years that he did ministry on earth, then it was a very inefficient way to go about doing that because he wasn't just adding people. Yeah. But if he's really thinking for the long haul and for building out us, everything that would come after him, then going deep with a handful of people, it's the principle of multiplication over addition. And multiplication will eventually beat out addition. Yeah. Yeah, so I like that. So it's because Jesus was thinking more like thousands of years ahead versus just the two to three. Yes, thousands of years, but even just beyond his own lifetime. Hmm. You think about what the 12 disciples were, 11 minus Judas, but what those guys did even after Jesus's death. I mean, all but one of them died a martyr's death to advance the gospel into places Jesus himself would never be able to go. That's pretty incredible that Jesus was humble enough and yet confident enough to pass on what he knew to a few other people so that they would take it to places that he himself would never be able to go. Yeah. Wow. That's good stuff. And so for you, Tammy, at what point would you say that you really um, started making disciples or really had a strong desire to do that? Mm-hmm. I was a part of a summer program, a training program. It was at the beach, and I'd just been a believer for a year. And I heard what, maybe I've heard it before, but I heard Matthew 28, 18 through 20 about making disciples, to go into all the world and make disciples. And I'm a very purposeful, as you mentioned, strategic thinking (laughs) person. And I was like, well, this is something I want to be a part of. This is something bigger than myself, Hmm. and I want to be a part of what God is doing to build his kingdom. And so I want to learn everything I can to know how to do that more effectively. Right. So that summer was a real turning point for me. And then my time in college was a great time of training and learning some practical ways to do that. Yeah. So in that season of life, who was someone that discipled you? 
Well, I was involved in a campus ministry, and there was a staff woman there who invested in me. And it's interesting. She's still a good friend of mine. She and her husband work for Crusade, for Crew now. And um, the thing that I remember about Dana was not so much what we did when we were in Bible study together, but I remember the conversations we had as I just sat on her floor and asked her questions about life. Hmm. Those are the things that shaped my life, that she just spent time with me she came into my world and invited me into her world and so this with them principle jesus models this as well in scripture but i really experienced that in my relationship with dana yeah that's great and so over the course of the past however many years that you've been trying to make disciples you've ministered out of the country you're in the u.s now so how has your definition or your idea of of what discipleship is how has that changed over time through those experiences? That's a great question because it has definitely changed. Okay. Not not because discipleship in its essence changes, but just thinking about seasons of life, and I was thinking about this as pr- just thinking about and asking the Lord for some guidance and sharing these things today, and just realizing when I was younger and was training and learning what discipleship was, I had a very strict definition Okay. All the boxes and checked, you know, it's all <laughs> these things you meet it so many times a week with so many people and you have this strategic plan and you have these things that you do. And that was helpful for me in that season to discipline myself to learn how to do this. But it was really boxed in uh, in a lot of ways. And when I went overseas, as you mentioned, I couldn't even get two people to meet together <laughs> at one time in a six month period. <laughs> Wow. So all my plans of what discipleship looked like uh-huh. had to really morph and change according to the culture, the stage of life, the stage of ministry I was in. And now I think it, the essence of discipleship for me is about investing in people. That's the key, intentionally investing in people for spiritual transformation. So you mentioned kind of moving people towards spiritual transformation. How does that happen? How do you move someone towards transformation? It's a good question. We can't create or cause transformation in someone's life. That's a work that only God can do. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I talked about simplifying kind of my very strict right. picture the of box. what discipleship <laughs> was. And one of the things someone told me early on was, you know, all you got to do is just be in the word, the Bible, the scriptures with people and pray because it is God's job to cause spiritual transformation. My part, I bring something very significant. I bring something helpful in just reading with people, sharing my own experiences. The best thing I can share is my my own shortcomings. And like with Dana, with me, sharing my life and being involved in that person's life with them. Yeah. But bringing them back in all of those things to the word and to to God, who is the only one who can really meet their needs and change their heart. Yeah. Wow. I love that. So at at one point, would you say that someone is ready to make disciples? (laughs) So it sounds so big and I don't know, esoteric and like, (laughs) how do you know, do you have a degree in discipleship? Um, I think simply you just have to know one thing more than the next person. You know, you see this in families. Sometimes little, the littlest, youngest kids learn the best from older siblings, even more than from parents sometimes. 
I think in our culture, we've moved somewhat from the expert has all the answers to if I'm buying something on Amazon, I'm going to go read a peer review. That's They're going right. to tell me the real deal. Right. Yeah. And mm. so I think discipleship is like that. You just need to know one more thing than the next person and be able to pass it on to them. So you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to know everything. You do have to pass on things that you own and are true in your life. Hmm. You can't pass on to someone else something that you don't believe or own. So I'm curious, what are one or two things that for you are really key to passing on to people when you're discipling them? So again, when my younger years, I had a very long, <laughs> long list of sure. things and very organized plan and what things look like. But I think over the years, it is simplified. If there were a handful of things, one, it would be teaching people how to study the scriptures for themselves. Mm. Because ultimately, the word of God and God himself is what transforms us, not my words. And so knowing how to go to the scriptures, how to find answers for myself, that's really important to me. And I love to get into the word with people. Um, I think if I was... One other thing, it would really be our view of God. Hmm. I think that we often have a view of God that isn't accurate and plays out in core lies that we believe or the way that we behave because we don't even realize that we believe something about God hmm. that isn't true. I just had a conversation with a friend today about generosity mm-hmm. and 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 asking her if she felt like she was a very generous person, but it being rooted in do you think that God is generous to you? Hmm. And so I think our view of God, just what is the the character of God as played out in Scripture, and how does that affect my life? I think it is um, A.W. Tozier, 20th century pastor, early 20th century pastor. But he said, our view of God is the most important thing about us, hmm. even for an atheist. Wow. Because it shapes everything yeah. about how we believe and how we live. So view of God and how to study the Bible for yourself, yeah. not just listen to what other people have to say about yeah. it. Yeah, that's great. And I have to agree. I think when I started to be discipled when I was um, at the university, my view of God when I started college and where it is now is very different. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I think I had this view of God of being this kind of taskmaster that was, mm-hmm. he saved me, um, but he was still pretty disappointed that I kept doing the same things, mm. struggling with the same sins, making the same mistakes. But because he was God and saved me, he had to be faithful. Um, and so I didn't have this idea that he really loved me for who I was. Whereas now I feel like, man, God is my father and has endless grace for me mm-hmm. on my bad days and even on my best days and that yeah i think that's been a trans- hugely transformational and how did me. you come to that realization this change in your view of god yeah great question i think for me um meeting with a guy named jason hess when i was at texas tech university i think a huge thing was he really modeled christ's love for me you know i think in some ways i viewed him as an authority figure And so I think I was a little bit, you know, how do I share about myself with him? You know, how do I be honest? And then to be honest with him about some deep things that I'm dealing with and for him to just receive me 
and love me and not make it like, oh, it's this huge deal. Like you're never going to get better from this. But for him just to show me that kind of love Mm -hmm. and go to the scriptures with me and just show me this is what God says about himself. Do you believe this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why don't you believe this? Um, And so even to, 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 to do the hard inner work with God about why don't I believe that God is good? Mm-hmm. And letting God reveal those things to me. And then he, he, he kind of heals me from those lies. And then the scripture kind of brings the truth. That, that what God says about me is true. Mm-hmm. And so I think that whole process of Jason helping me uncover those lies that I believe about God in myself, but also pointing me to the scripture, like this is what's actually true. Mm-hmm. Will you trust this? And as I trust and experience God's goodness in those places, well, yeah, now my view of God has changed so much because of my experience of him through that relationship, for sure. And I listen to you, Ethan, and I think, wow, what a beautiful picture of discipleship. The very thing we're talking about, you started out with asking me, why discipleship? Isn't it kind of inefficient? (laughs) And I listened to your story, and I'm like, here, God spoke to you and changed your view of him through a person. Hmm. He showed himself to you through Jason, and now you're passing that on to other people. Yeah. And I think that's discipleship. Yeah, and I think, I think the reason maybe I say inefficient is because that journey for me has been, you know, six to eight years. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so that's a long time. Um, and so that, yeah, I guess when, when I say inefficient, I guess what I mean is it's not very fast. And that that's the thing, right? That it's not very fast. Yeah. And this is something I've been meditating recently, even in my own time with the Lord now, in the mornings when I am reading or trying to listen to the Lord, it's all about this short-term versus long-term mentality and eternal perspective Hmm. is what we might call it and the truth is as much as i want to have an eternal perspective i like short-term results (laughs) same (laughs) i like shiny new things and the immediate gratification that comes from accomplishing the next right thing yeah and and god has just been convicting and encouraging and reminding me that in investing in people he doesn't have a short-term mentality Hmm. right and now jesus did only minister for three years but you think why was jesus 33 years old right and only spent three years in public ministry that doesn't seem very efficient right (laughs) but but he had that long-term mentality that we're talking about in investing for generations. So when you find yourself um, with the with the tension of the short-term results, but knowing it's a long-term process, yeah, are there, are there any passages from Scripture that keep you motivated in investing in people? One is the whole of Scripture. One of the things that I love to do is to go through the story of Scripture from Genesis to Revelations, whether I'm reading through the Bible in a year or listening to it or just kind of putting the thread of the whole story and not just the pieces. I love narratives. God really teaches me through story movies. We have a mutual love of movies and stories. And um, so I think I just finished listening to the scripture from Genesis to Revelation this year. 
Okay. And that, like in fast time, because I'm a slow reader, but when you listen, you can't stop and ponder things all the time. Right. And so it's like, wow, God has been at work through all of these things. And you read a passage in scripture about Moses. It's one chapter. It takes five minutes to read it. It covers 80 years of Moses's life. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of perspective reminds me that God's in this for the long haul. He has an eternal perspective. And my life, as important as I think I am to the Lord, it is a speck on the timeline of all of history, right. my 100 years. So that just helps me keep that short-term drive in perspective. God's, God's never in a hurry. Hmm. And he is interested in transformation. So eight yeah. years for you to come to a different view of God, that's worth it. That's yeah. time well spent. I think from the Lord's perspective. Totally. So Tammy, how would you encourage someone um, to become a disciple maker or to prepare to be a disciple maker? Mm -hmm. Well, one I'd say, you just do what you know to do and you learn along the way. Don't be afraid to fail. Hmm. Uh, one of my biggest lessons in life has been to attempt and allow myself to fail, huh. to not fear it. I think spending time becoming an expert on the scripture, the word of God, the Bible. I mean, I call it the scriptures, the word of God, the Bible. It is God's love letter to his people. Some parts are harder to read than others, <laughs> but find our favorite parts and just become an expert on what that is the way that God speaks to us. Um, and so I think learning what the scripture has to say, that helps me have God's perspective on things. So in preparing to become a disciple, discipler, I think another thing is make choices, even if they are hard, to do everything you can to get as much training as you can to be around people who think this way. Hmm. When I, you asked me about how I first caught a vision, yeah. well, it was because I was around people who had a vision for multiplication, who were discipling people, investing in people. I saw spiritual transformation happening and I wanted to, to be a part of anything they were doing because I just wanted to learn how to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, Tammy, is there any discipline or practice that you use that helps you to keep faithfully walking with Jesus? Mm -hmm. I just took a personal retreat a, a week ago and um, so one of the things I looked at and thought about was different rhythms. Some people call it rule of life. There are a lot of books out there, spiritual books on this, but this idea of rhythms in my life. So daily rhythms, weekly rhythms, monthly, annual. For me, um, a, a daily time to, to, to spend time with the Lord, that could be reading something in the scripture. It could be studying. It could be just sitting for five minutes and taking a deep breath and reminding <laughs> myself that God is in control so I don't have to be. Yeah. But a daily time to set my mind on the things above and not on things of earth is a verse from Colossians 3. Yeah. Also, a weekly planning time, which may sound kind of crazy. It doesn't sound very <laughs> spiritual to some people, but if I don't plan when I'm gonna spend time with the Lord and when I'm gonna get away, that, that kind of stuff doesn't just happen. Sure. The urgent things of life press in on you. And so I think a planning time is probably one of the most important disciplines I have okay. to maintain a healthy walk with God on a regular basis. And then I have some quarterly and annual retreat times that I do because I can't invest in other people if I have nothing to give. Wow, I love that. And so, 
What's like one thing you want to make sure people hear, if nothing else? I think the, the one thing is this idea that it is all about people. Hmm. It's not about the plan. It's not about a program. It's not about having the best formula or reading or writing the best book. What is eternal? People, the souls of men and women are eternal. And that's what we want to be giving ourselves to in whatever form it takes in our life. The programs that we build, the jobs that we do, the houses that we decorate, (laughs) the Amazon products that we buy, they (laughs) will all pass away. Yeah. But people are eternal. So are you giving yourself and investing in things that are eternal? That means investing in people. B1 Make One is a production of The Navigators in Colorado Springs, Colorado. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, podcast.navigators.org. Elise Stone is our editor. Our sound engineer is Caleb Zier. Adabel Artiga is our creative director. Our producer is Austin Dafko. And I'm your host and producer, Ethan Hasso.